Hello everyone, it's Christina Young here and I'm going to be reading you a Christmas story as part of the podcast tonight and I hope you enjoy it. It's called A Ticket for a Carol Concert and it's by Audrey Burton. Mrs Lorimer thought it would be easy to sell tickets for the carol concert in the village hall. Most people, she believed, liked singing carols and on the Sunday before Christmas, everybody would be feeling Christmassy and quite willing to part with sixpence to help buy toys for the local children's home. The choir had been practising for weeks and had now amassed a goodly repertoire of carols old and new. The audience would enjoy singing the well-known carols. The thick bundle of tickets Mrs Lorimer had set out with had dwindled to a thin dozen. She had just a few more calls to make and soon all her tickets ought to be gone. Mrs Jenks wiped one hand on the corner of her apron and thought, good gracious, what mother of three young children had time to spend gallivanting about on the Sunday before Christmas at a carol concert? Even if Harry would stay in and mind the children, there was too much to be done at home. She had nothing against carols, mind you. She liked them when the singers came round the street. You could listen to the singing while you rolled out the pastry for the mince pies. It's the kids, you see, she told Mrs Lorimer. I couldn't leave the kids, but I'll buy a ticket as it's for the children. Children's toys, you said, didn't you? Mr Sage lived alone and was something of a philosopher. Some people called him a highbrow and Mr Sage would always be depended on to go an independent way of his own and pour ridicule on established customs. My dear Mrs Lorimer, he said patiently, Christmas carols in the year 1950, but just look at the world, look at it, look at Korea, look much nearer home, and you ask me to sing Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild? Haven't you heard of the atom bomb? Once in Royal David's City, you'll sing. What's happened to Royal David's City, I ask you? You ask me to come along and sing a nice few carols? Bah, nothing but hypocrisy. He'd give a donation towards the children's toys, but why couldn't she ask for it in a straightforward manner instead of all this humbug about singing carols? Miss Sweeting was a singer, a professional singer. She got engagements sometimes with the BBC and at Masonic dinners. A carol concert. She gave a delicate, artistic shudder. No, she really couldn't listen to amateurs. Couldn't hear all that music being murdered by people who hadn't been trained how to produce their voices properly. I'm sorry, she told Mrs Lorimer, but there is a music programme on the wireless that I particularly want to hear that night. Oh, It was for the children, was it? She would, of course, be pleased to buy a ticket, but Mrs Lorimer mustn't expect to see her at the concert. Mrs Wright Wrightson Wright was new to the village. Her husband had recently bought the old-fashioned gables and spent nearly a fortune modernising it. When Mrs Lorimer called, Mrs Wright Wrightson Wright was counting cocktail glasses and wondering whether to order another dozen. A carol concert, how quaint, she rippled. 
But the Sunday before Christmas, no, I'm having a cocktail party that evening. Just a few friends, she added. Some of her town friends were coming and she was going to invite a selected few of the local people who mattered. I've got a few friends coming in for a drink, she was going to say. I wonder if you would join us. Why not bring along your friends, suggested Mrs Lorimer. It would give the party a real Christmas flavour. Mrs Wright, writes and Wright, couldn't suppress a giggle. Her friends from town would not appreciate the opportunity of hearing a few earnest rustics singing away. How too prehistoric, they would say. But she'd better buy a ticket, thought Mrs Wrights and Wrights and Wright. Village people expected you to support their affairs, and if it would help along her popularity in a new place, she would have six tickets. It would be cheap at the price. Mr Verity put down his pen and wondered how he was ever going to finish writing his new book, if he couldn't be free of interruptions. He was a scientist doing a really worthwhile bit of research and to help out the meagre income accorded to scientists who do this work, he was writing a popular book on cosmic rays. Usually he left his wife to make his polite excuses for this kind of thing, but his wife was away. A carol concert indeed, things that you couldn't see under a microscope or prove mathematically left him cold. Show him Christmas under a microscope and he would be interested. No. He was afraid he was much too busy writing his new book to go to a carol concert. He excused himself. Now, why didn't the woman go away? She still stood there, twiddling a ticket about in her hand. Oh, it was for the local children's home, was it? Now he understood. His hand went to his pocket. If he gave the woman two shillings, she'd clear off and he could get on with his writing. He stuffed the ticket in his pocket. On Sunday night, Mrs Jenks was feeling tired. She had put the children to bed and her husband, Harry, was reading the paper. She had just finished icing the cake and had now perched a jolly Father Christmas on top. The children would like that. The cake looked a treat with the white icing all ruffled up to look like real snow. She took the mince pies out of the oven and thought that was another job done. Now she would sit down and ask Harry for a piece of the paper he wasn't reading. Or ought she to darn the socks? She reached for her spectacles on the mantel shelf and her eyes fell on the ticket for the carol concert. Remember how you and I used to sing in the choir, she asked her husband. Aye, I do. Like to go tonight, he asked his wife. I could pop across the road and ask Mother to come in and mind the kids. It'd be like old times, wouldn't it? You go and put your hat on while I pop along and fetch Mother. Do you good to leave that mending. Mr Sage had just finished chapter one of his book. It made pretty gloomy reading. Here we were, making all the same mistakes we had made before and heading straight for another war. Why was it that man should strive to annihilate himself? Individuals were decent enough. All this strife and bitterness among the nations. Where could you find the answer? Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife. The words came to him out of the blue, and he couldn't place them for a minute or so. The words seemed fitted to a tune. How did it go? Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife. Oh, yes, he remembered. And hear the angels sing. 
No doubt they'd be singing at that carol concert tonight. A lot of well-meaning people who couldn't do a thing against the forces of aggression. Of course, if all men of strife would hush, it might be different. But what could one person do? What could a whole village do? Oh well, it was a dull book. Everything he'd read so far had been said before. He might as well toddle off to the village hall. Not that it would make the slightest difference, but it would be a gesture. Miss Sweeting put another lump of coal on the fire, got out two volumes of music scores and switched on the radio. By the comfort of her own fire, she was going to have an enjoyable evening listening to music as it should be sung. The set took a little time to warm up, but instead of the pure liquid sound of musical voices, all Miss Sweeting got was a rasping blare. She twiddled the switch, but the rasping blare persisted. Something had gone wrong with the set. The same thing had happened once before, and then it was a defective valve. She looked at the mahogany-coloured box with distaste. It was too bad that her radio should let her down like this just before Christmas. Miss Sweeting hadn't reckoned on an evening's silence. She looked wistfully at the music books and the music she couldn't hear. I wonder what sort of a dreadful noise they are making in the village hall, she wondered suddenly. Half the audience wouldn't be capable of singing in tune. They'd go terribly flat on the top notes and they'd get the dotted notes in the wrong place. A good, strong soprano voice might help them a little. And at least it would be something to have one person in the hall singing correctly. Now, where had she put that ticket? Mrs Wright writes and Wright put her hands on the radiators and thought what a blessing central heating was. The old-fashioned house was now looking something like a smart modern house. The ultra-modern decorating and the modern furniture had helped, but in spite of all these modern improvements, in spite of the lavish assortment of expensive drinks, she was alone. Her friends in London had made excuses. Someone who had just taken over a new studio was throwing a party and they must go and see the place. The selected people in the village she had telephoned were sorry, but they were going to the carol concert. A lonely evening stretched before her because her husband had telephoned that he had made a new business contact that might turn out pretty useful and he wouldn't be home. The windows rattled and suddenly she felt the loneliness was more than she could stand. She would go to the carol concert. It might be amusing. Mr Verity paused for a moment, trying to think of a simple word to explain a complicated bit of science. He was writing against time. His publishers were clamouring for his manuscript. Interesting cosmic rays was the big thing at that moment, they told him. He'd been writing late, night after night, and he found it difficult to stay awake. Even strong black coffee couldn't help much. He'd go for a short, brisk walk and try to freshen himself up. Ten minutes he would allow himself, no more. He stepped out into the cold night and walked briskly. The sky was clear and starry. One day, perhaps, he thought science would rest from the sky its secrets. Always the heavens had mystified man. Wasn't it a star in the east that the three wise men had followed? That's what they would be singing about at the carol concert tonight. Most unscientific astronomy, of course. What did those three wise men know about the stars and their set courses? He wondered. 
as though to find the answer, he stepped into the village hall. The village hall was crowded. When the concert started, only the back row was empty, and now Mrs. Lorimer noted happily even that row was full. That nice little couple, Mr. and Mrs. Jenks, must have found someone to look after their children because there they were in the back row sharing a hymn book and singing heartily. Mrs. Wright writes and Wright must have put off her cocktail party because there she was, looking quite happy and much nicer without that superior, condescending look. It was nice to see and hear Miss Sweeting too. Her strong soprano voice was proving a great help at the back of the hall. Mrs. Lorimer must remember to thank her afterwards. Mr. Sage was there too and not looking at all gloomy now. His voice was booming out and he was singing as though he enjoyed it. And next to him was Mr. Verity. Mrs. Lorimer had never hoped to lure him away from his scientific works. Peace on earth, came the voices, and everyone, even those in the back row, sang as though they meant it.